0: But I'll lead us in a prayer to begin with. Lord God, this is a special day. This is Good Friday. We thank you, Lord, for this day. We remember why it's Good Friday. It's not Good Friday because many of us have got a day off from school or work. That's not the reason. But it's nice to have that. Lord God, help us to realize how awful it is when our lives are bound by sin and shame, bitterness, and anger, and unforgiveness. How bad that is. But Lord God, how good it is that Jesus died for our sin, for our shame, for those, those bitter, that bitterness, that the lack of forgiveness, and all the things that hold us back from being the people that you want us to be. And so, Lord, that is why it is a Good Friday, because we can be set free from all of those things that hold us back and bind us and make us not the people that you want us to be. Help us, Lord, on this Good Friday to know the goodness, the greatness, the wonder of what you did And may it be real to us, here and now, in 2016. Lord God, in a time of silence, may we just come before you, perhaps with our own prayers, perhaps with our own reflections, perhaps just asking you to to show us more of the goodness of good friday be in stillness before you thank you lord and if anybody wants to Speak out a prayer out loud. Just let them raise their voices now. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We're going to have our first reading now. Rachel's going to read to us from Mark 15.
1: First reading is Mark chapter 15, reading verses 22 to 32, the crucifixion of Jesus. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days... Come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him.
0: The insults and the, uh, the shame. and I've got a minister colleague, friend from Manchester, who hangs around a lot in pubs. This isn't an accusation. This is a job description. Part of his job description as minister is to hang around in pubs. And just chat to people. Telling myself, went to see him. And his insights into people are interesting. What did you say? You want to apply for the job? (laughs) What he discovered was that a number of people who he talks to are unmoved by the gospel. Today is Good Friday. For many people, couldn't care less. Perhaps it is just a a day off work and that's nice, nice day. They'll go out or do the garden or whatever. Never give a thought to the gospel. What he does, he just goes in and sits there and people come up and talk to him. He doesn't wear a... Uh, a collar like this. He just talks and he's, he's just known as Mike. And so he gets to know what people really think. And then, but if, he, if people ask him, well, what do you do? He tells them. He doesn't lie. And then one day, I can't remember this guy's name, but let's call him Bill, who was a bit drunk, came to Mike, the minister, and said, do you believe, do you really believe in all this stuff? Except he didn't use the word stuff. And Mike answered him and said, basically, yes. But it was a bit longer than that. Anyway, a couple of days later, he was in the pub again. And the landlord came up to Mike and said, I really liked what you said to Bill the other day about do you believe in all that stuff? And uh, Mike said to the landlord, "Oh, were you listening?" He said, "Oh no." Bill texted me. He texted everybody who was in the who was part of the pub. And Mike realised that he was being tested out, and that what he was saying was repeated around. Now Mike didn't mind this. He thought this was uh, this was great. And from that time on people did come up to him and ask him questions and about God and and other stuff. What Mike realized, and you may or may not agree with him, was that the word sin had lost its relevance. That for the mostly men there, sin wasn't a word that they identified with. You see, sin was what happened in Belgium this week. Or sin was this um, Karadzic, the Serbian leader, being imprisoned for 40 years because of, of mass murder. That was sin. That what these people did wasn't sin. And they'd say, well, yeah, of course, I'm not perfect, but I'm not a sinner. And, of course, if there's no sin... There's no concept of being a sinner, and so no need of a saviour. And so Good Friday is irrelevant. I don't know if that's true, but that was what Mike experienced. It's certainly not true in that the people then, and the people like us, sin and need a saviour. But has the word sin lost its meaning? So Mike tried an experiment and he used the word shame. And that struck a chord with people. Are you ashamed of anything? And they began to share. Yes. I don't treat my wife right. I'm a bad dad. Oh, sorry, sorry I didn't realize James was here, yes. Another example of shame. Yeah, I've let my mate down. I'm ashamed of that. And perhaps many of us would call that sin, but they would call it shame. And I know I'm, uh, I'm connected to an organization called Mahaba which means uh, love. And um, it's about sharing faith with with Muslims. And for a Muslim, the concept of shame is very powerful and very important. And so it is a way of, of conveying that Jesus died for our sins Jesus died for our shame. And perhaps I'm not too worried whether we use the word sin or shame, but it's a concept of of falling away from God's intention. And so when we started the service with the clip from the old rugged cross and the emblem, the cross is the emblem of suffering and shame. And then the opening call to worship. He endured the cross, scorning its shame. That shame was there at the cross. The reading that Rachel read out, they brought Him to the place of the cross. They divided up His clothes and they cast lots to see who would get what. The shame of nakedness. Jesus. Jesus was naked on the cross. His dignity had gone. He endured that shame for our shame. Probably His only possession in life was the clothes that He wore. And they were, they were cast lost for them and divided up. The shame of, that some people feel of poverty. And then the two rebels or robbers who were crucified with him. The shame of being identified with those lawbreakers. And then it says, those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, so you who are going to destroy the temple and build it up in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. The shame of the insults that people gave his the shame of being alone that his disciples had just gone away from him the shame of perhaps thinking what have i been doing the last three years what have i taught them obviously not taught them well nobody was there with him the shame of being alone the chief priests and teachers it says mocked him He saved others, but he can't save himself. The shame that he endured. Whether we identify with the word sin or shame, you've all been given one of these. The idea is, that this represents our sin, our shame. The things that we have done wrong, even Alice, that's a fantastic illustration. It's not about murder. It's not about all of those terrible things. It's about when our lives have not lived up to what God wants us to. So the shame of perhaps how we've treated people. The shame of perhaps our attitudes. Our attitudes to others. Perhaps our shame of when we see the collection for war trade, oh, I've not put my money, don't I care? Well, what I want us to do is during the next three songs is contemplate our sin, our shame. It's interesting that um, the Abbas family have got them around your neck. That's, I think that's, no, I think that's brilliant. I think that's really appropriate. This is what is identifying with us. Maybe, if you want to, you could all follow that. This is what's identifying with us uh, that we are living lives of sin and shame. And that's bad, isn't it? That's not good. But this is Good Friday. You may be wondering why it's called Good Friday when we remember that Jesus died. But Jesus died on the cross to take all of our sin, to take all of our shame. He endured all of that shame. So that what I'm going to ask you to do is sometime during the singing of these next three songs is just to place it just like that. Not to tie it on but just to place it and give thanks that your sin and shame no longer identifies with you. you, But you are free. You are free because of what Jesus did. The songs, next three songs all have the word shame in them. First one, You took all my shame away they defeated my sin the next one such love weeps for the shame i know and then you took my sin and shame and the band not because they're the worst of people but just because they need to uh, play uh, are just laying their sin laying their shame you can do that whenever you like it not doesn't have to be in the first song Just contemplate your sin and shame. And as you place it on, just ask for the Lord's forgiveness. And as we sing, take that forgiveness in. Tom's made us a cross out of Lego this morning inspired by the cross of Jesus. And inside, there's another cross which Tom hadn't spotted, but then saw as you were examining it. How wonderful is that, that there's more to discover about the cross and that the children can lead us And we can discover more and more about the wonders of the cross. Let's hear the second reading now and what happened to Jesus on the cross.
1: The second reading is continuing in Mark chapter 15, reading verses 33 to 39, the death of Jesus. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lima which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone.
0: cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I think it's the only time in the Bible that he addressed God in that way. And he was abandoned because he had taken on the sin of everyone. And then, with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last, Rachel's just read and it was finished and something dramatic happened did you pick it up the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom now this curtain was a, a curtain that separated the in the in the jewish temple that was there then where people felt that god was and in particular in their special part of the temple called the holy of holies And people just couldn't go in there because this was God's place. And so there was a curtain, sometimes it's called a veil, that separated the Holy of Holies from where other people could go. And only once a year could the high priest, that was the only one allowed to go in, just once a year to go in and say sorry for the sins of the whole nation, similar to what we've done here That was the only time that you could go past the curtain. But on this day, on Good Friday, when Jesus died, the curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. And if it had been a human person, they'd have got hold of the bottom and torn it up like that but they'd have had to have been a big human anyway. Because the curtain was about 15, one five meters high, which is about the length of this building. So it's, well, let's call it the height, right up to the top. That was how big the curtain was. That was a big curtain. And it's sometimes called the veil. But uh, I read... They're not too sure, but they think that the curtain was about that thick. It wasn't just a little bit of flimsy curtain. It needed something dramatic to break it. And Jesus' death was that, and it meant that the temple wasn't needed anymore. That's not where God dwelt. He dwelt, and that what would happen afterwards with the Holy Spirit, God would dwell in our hearts. And it meant that our sins could be forgiven. We didn't need a high priest to go once a year. We could just confess his sin our sins and lay them on Jesus. The curtain was cut. Sally, Rachel, would you like to come out? The curtain was cut. The sins were no more. And our sins and shame just fall to the floor. They've been forgiven. They've been dealt with. the sins have gone so we have good Friday our sin and our shame have gone they're just trash at the bottom which will be cleared away and taken away and put in the bin we are free we do not have the burden of sin and shame we rejoice that this is Good Friday. And if you want, not these, these have gone, but there's lots of these ribbons left. Maybe you want to take one away, not as taking back your sin, but maybe you might want to display it. Perhaps on a, you might have a tree in your garden or or somewhere that you can just, just as a a sign of Good Friday, you may just want to leave it up for a couple of hours, maybe not. You may not want to do it. That's entirely up to you. But you can do. But what I would encourage you to do is come up to the mall. After this service, which will end soon, we're going to pick up this cross and we're going to carry it over to the mall. If you can walk with us, that's wonderful. If you need a lift then, and you haven't got a car, then just, uh, just say it and we can organize that. We're going to walk over to the mall as a procession of witness that this day is important, that those people that Mike met in the pub Maybe they're thinking about their shame. Maybe they're thinking about their sin. And today, they will perhaps think, because we're going to meet at the Asda end, and then we're going to walk down, singing, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine to make an impact on people. And we're going to have balloons, which were blown up yesterday, which says about Jesus' love And we're going to make an impact. We're going to give away the balloons. Yes, children, if you want one, you can uh, you can take one away with you as well. But we're going to give them uh, give them away. We're going to meet with Birchwood Community Church, who have got Easter eggs, but not for us. They're to be given away because they have a message on them. We're going to, uh, and then we're going to have a short service. just outside the Mel and then walk back through and uh, making an impact because God does make an impact. Good Friday can make an impact. Ron prayed through uh, part of the night last night and other people were there as, as well at different parts of the night. He got a, a message from a lady who says, I don't really know how to pray. Pray for me. I want to learn how to pray. Isn't that wonderful? Let's make an impact. Let's not just go home and eat a hot cross bun. Let's go to the center and let's proclaim. And you can buy a hot cross bun there and, uh, and enjoy that lunch. Because today is important for us as our sins have been cut away but also to share with others. So let us sing. When I survey the wondrous cross, many people believe it's the greatest hymn that's ever been written. And I want us to pause at the end of this hymn and just contemplate for a a moment the last line for our lives. Let's stand if we're able.